feelings right Hello, everyone. This is your always tactful host, Pendy. And this is Paul, sometimes known as East X Twitch. <sighs> what has you down, chum? Half of our show is done for. What are you talking about? We went over this before. Tact is doing just fine. No, no, not tact, you ultra-combustion weenie. Die. Poor die. <laughs> oh, there, there, poor Pendy. I'm sure die is fine. You saw the episodes, right? Superior being Hadlar wasn't able to finish die off completely. Yes, but... But he probably couldn't survive that cold water and the ice and and dude there's 50 something episodes left and his name is in the show's title I, I guess but I mean they could change the name you don't think Dragon Quest the Adventure of Chew would work well that dirty rat whoa whoa wait he's no snitch no I mean he's unfit to take over the show he's an antagonist to our boy Pop after all okay okay hear me out then Dragon Quest martial artist mom and her merry men of mischief. If it can be just mom and her mischievous bikini, I'm on board. Just think of all the possibilities. <sighs> well, while Penny's head is in the clouds thinking of his die waifu, I'll go ahead and welcome our audience to Tactfully Die, a Slime Time podcast spinoff that covers just about everything in the world of Dragon Quest The Adventure of Die and the Dragon Quest Tact mobile game. That's right. We'll talk about the latest and greatest with Dragon Quest Tact first. Good. It's hot enough to talk some tact. You know what's also really hot? My con combat power rating. I had an overabundance of experience scrolls and rank up materials, so I went to town on some unappreciated characters. My overall CP rating went from 130 something to 82. And we are combat power buddies. I saw you are ranked 81 and we are both approaching a CP of 2 million. Not too shabby. That means I've got some work to do though. I should be at least five places ahead of you. <laughs> well, putting our large girthy combat power Power aside, oh. in our current events, we are dumpling deep into our cherry blossom gourmet travelogue adventure. Indeed, we are. And the featured banner unit now is War Goddess Togami. So, Togami? Tug on me, right? Thanks, but I'm not in the mood for that. No, her name is Togami Hime. She's a superb support unit that is a must have for anyone who likes to run a breath attack based team. Did you pull on the banner at all? Nope, just tickets, and I got nothing on this one. That's a shame. Well, I got one copy of her from the page. Pool. And so I've done a few more gem pulls, but no duplicates yet. One of the free units is the Creme Kara Slime. It was first introduced as a new bonus monster in the 3DS Dragon Quest VIII remake. Yeah, Creme Kara Slime seems like a pretty good A-rank zap unit. I'm also partial to the Dongo Slime, or Dumpling Slime, as they spinelessly renamed it for global audiences. How do they stay together, though? Seems a bit invasive. Get your mind out of the slime. I mean gutter. So, Dongos are Japanese flour rice dumplings served on on a stick. I never had one, but they look tasty. On a stick. Another big banner unit out now is the much-hyped Darkonium Slime, an extreme defense unit with an effective attack. If the Omega Weapon and the Diamond Slime had a baby, this would be the result. Well, yeah, Darkonium Slime is a lovely shade of pink, isn't that right? Sure is. Well, I got one of them from the paid 
paid pull as well. So I've actually had two successful paid pulls in a row, which is unprecedented for me. Oh, that's great. Thank you. But what about you with the Darkonium Slime? So again, I just used tickets and I had no luck. I'll probably throw in my tech points while the banner is still up for a while, though, since it is a pretty good unit. You don't seem to be doing as many pulls as you used to. No paid pulls or anything else. Did you pull a muscle or something? Well, yeah, kind of. I'm actually cutting down on my expenses, at least for now. A lot of stuff going in my life that I have to focus my finances on. Not going completely free to play, though. We do have one of my favorite characters coming up that will be an integral part of my Blitz team. Yep. Thanks to the recently revealed roadmap for September, we know that another pendy perking unit is coming soon. Who? The Mendini Hunter robot, of course. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, it's actually Jinxed Jade. Though the Mendini Hunter is a free character that everyone should max out. That event will arrive very soon. In mid-September, we're also getting more reminiscence events, talent blossomings, and a happy bridal campaign. I do hope that the new talent blossoms will be for the Dragon Quest Eight characters. The one for Jessica is supposed to be pretty good. Those should be interesting. In late September, we're also getting new events. New events what? In the teaser image, you can see a shadow that is clearly jinxed Jade. If it's just some random bunny girl, I will riot. Bunny girls need love too, dude. Oh, we forgot to mention one of the current banner units, though. The A-rank Toxic Zombie. Really? Don't we have enough toxic masculinity as it is? Now it's gotta be toxic zombie masculinity? This isn't what you think it is. Toxic as in poison. Woman have it hard enough as it is. Why do we have to bring in an undead version of sexual aggression towards women? It's just gross. It's just poison from an undead monster, Mr. Ivory Knight. I know. It's poisonous to our society. Anyway, there are some characters that were announced in Japan that will be the antidote to any poison in your life. Beach Time Sorrow and Rose, his girlfriend. I was so excited to see these characters announced. The art for them is just fantastic. I love what they designed for them to wear and Pizarro's unique water-styled sword. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Pizarro is my favorite character in all of Dragon Quest, and I love that they are doing this for the character. I was shocked to see Rose is going to be a playable character as well. You and your sexy Pizarros. Speaking of Rose, has she been a playable character before? Uh, Technically, she was a card you could use in the Dragon Quest Rivals mobile card game and a playable piece you could collect in the Keshi Keshi DQ Puzzle mobile game. I choose to believe that those aren't real games, so that makes this the first appearance of Playable Rose. Speaking of great character designs, I love the designs for Lumixa, who I have no idea if I've pronounced that name right as, uh, at all, but that's what we're going to go with. Lumixa, one of the five fiends in the tax main storyline. Well, that was the right way to say it until you said it. Natural. <laughs> So, yeah, we recently got a story update with a handful of brand new chapters featuring the fiendish femme, Lumixa. Without going into spoilers, she has two versions of her character's look centered around her slime-themed headgear. It's a lighthearted design that perfectly fits in with the aesthetic of Dragon Quest. For me, it's hand down one of the best original designs to come out of the game. You sure do love the lady units, but you know, they really need to make the fiends into playable characters. You know, they really do. I will be disappointed if at some point they don't do this in the game in the future. Now, what have been your favorite original characters from this game or different versions of characters we've seen in the Dragon Quest series in the past? So like how they do like a beach version of something like that or like a Halloween version of Alina, you know, one, one of those types of things. Lumixa, whom you just mentioned, is a pretty good monster girl and I like monster girls in general. Oh, that's right. Yeah, um, but Slime Tank is one of my favorite character designs. I wish the unit was 
still as useful as it was when it started out. Mm. It's not original, of course, but Starry Night Ashlyn looks pretty great. Like she yeah. just has a really cool uniform. So I enjoy that about her. You mentioned before that Jinxed Jade is going to be a central figure in your Blitz team. How have your Blitz tactics been succeeding at the start of this new real-time arena season? Well, since we are starting over, it's been fine. This first phase hasn't been ideal because it allows people to hide all the way in the back. And if it's a defensive team hiding in the back, I don't even bother wasting my time. It would be bad if I were higher up in the ranks, but I'm, you know, right now I'm facing mostly low-level teams for the moment as I make my climb. It also... <laughs> A shout out to what I call the basic bitch team I see sometimes. That team has Rose Guardian in the middle, surrounded by the Lightning Luminary, Erdrick, and Solo with Stump Chump in the back row, either to the left or the right side. Congratulations to the many people who I've seen run this setup. It is effective, but the most unimaginative and boring team setup you can pick. Yes, I said it. You go, girl. (laughs) Well, I hate all cover strategies in real-time arenas since they invariably waste the opponent's time. Man up, tact players. You're not fooling anybody. Anyway, I've been so busy at work, I've barely done any RTA battles since the new season started a few days ago. And and you know, real-time arena is great and all, but what of the drama of our arena guild tournament that we just finished up recently? We actually had a drama-free and very successful tournament this go-around. Indeed. We won every qualifier match to get to the Master League and won first place overall. So basically, the best you could possibly do. That's right, because our guild... DQT Aces 1 is awesome. Sadly, we didn't face the big dorky squad in the finals. Those jerks. It was weird. Most of our opponents in the Master League finals only had 19 people. It's like the game didn't realize we were back to 20 people strong again. It made sense when we only had 19 before, but now we're back up to 20, and it's like, uh, okay, sure, whatever. You know what? I'll take it. And our new member that made us 20 strong has been quite the addition. Fiegel, our lead team pre-tournament strategist and Italian Stallion from Italy. That's the best place for an Italian Stallion to originate from. <laughs> so Vigo left Yggdrasil because he wanted to come over to a more competitive guild, and also because they kept asking him for his secret spaghetti. He is not disappointed as a new member, and we barely even eat spaghetti in our guild. Mamma mia. He playtested some, if not all, of our defense teams and handed out extremely good tips. It's true. Vigo was a key player in our road to victory this time around. Thanks, dude. Ironically, we even played against his old guild in the last match of the qualifiers and that was actually the toughest match we had the whole time. Well, we've played Yggdrasil a couple of times before and they were tough then, but we usually won by a somewhat healthy margin. Yeah, that's true. But not this time though. They came at us new, improved, and extra rude. Well, not really rude, but new and improved. Of course, we won anyway, but only by 15 points. It could have been more, but somebody had a loss. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey, hey. I know I took two dumb losses in the last tournament that I talked about in the last episode of this podcast, but this was a team loss. A team loss you lose? I mean, say? We had decent opponents the last two matches of the qualifiers, so I opted for coaching help. And and actually, this was the first time I took coaching help the whole time I'd been on the guild. Anytime I was thinking about coaching help, I had something going on in real life I didn't have time for, but this time I did. And I wanted to make sure that we did well, especially with being 20 strong and having the great team that we have now. And, you know, I'm no expert at attacking defense teams. I'm mid-tier at best, especially when effective cover is involved. Oh, I think you're at least 9% better than (laughs) mid-tier. That's good that you got help, though. We always encourage our guild members to do so for tough fights. How many people did you have helping you this time? Two, three... 
Six. I had six people. Dios, Mez, Last Dawn, Colton, Samus, and Maybros. What a party. What went wrong? In the beginning, there was a debate about whether we were going to have me blitz the setup or hang back. In hindsight, I probably should have blitzed. That's more my my strength. Uh, but our guildies were split 50-50 on what to do. Okay, so you hung out in the back and did a bait strategy? Correct. We were baiting a lightning luminary that was on the defense team I was facing. The first thing that went wrong is that she went sideways instead of coming straight down the map. And then a heel slime managed to wedge its way in between her and some of my team on the next turn. It effectively cut me off from getting to her, so I was basically doomed after that. That's a real shame because you're generally known as a master baiter. <laughs> it's, it's all... <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I get too much fun. You're going to take that. <laughs> it's all good, though, since we still won in the end. The Iggy's took a loss against Colton's team, and we scored higher than them overall. So no drama in this guild tournament for us, but there was plenty of tomfoolery going on. Shenanigans, even. Hijinks. One hilarious incident occurred when we thought we were fighting Arena Watch, the number two rated team in all of TACT. We started out faring well against them, and then very early on in the match, they even lost against one of our defense teams. We were shocked. <laughs> I thought Colton was about to lose his damn mind. He was so excited. Turns out it was just a fun prank. Nocturnal Conquest and AW switched names. Nocturnal Conquest is basically a sub-guild of AW. Yes, and it was all in good fun. Those good wieners. We ended up doing a little trickery in our Aces 1 guild, but instead of changing guild names, we messed with our player names. I forgot who exactly. Maybe it started with that jokester Colton, but someone decided to have some fun and copy Last Dawn's name. Soon, a third person did it. Then I jumped on the bandwagon once I saw it. Then we thought, wouldn't it be hilarious if we all went in as Last Dawn to the guild tournament? Just 20, 20 people all named Last Dawn. And so we did. It was the army of Last Dawns. A lot of us had fun with the names, though, and did variations such as O'Donny Boy, Dusk Till Dawn, Adonis, Blast Dawn, Last Dios, Don Pepino, Last Donna, Fast Dawn, Last Don't, Don Holio, etc. A fun time was had by all, even Don. Now then, before we get into the die portion of the show, it's time for the tact tip of the day. Tip of the day! Did you know that the Mendini Hunter robot will be key to the single and co-op mega boss battle in the upcoming True Dragon Quest V event? That's right, tacticians. Just about every Japanese guide at every level of the event has this unit in it. Max that sucker out. It's a free unit, and according to Pendy, one of the sexiest ones in the game. That's amazing! And not really sexy. That was our tact <laughs> tip of the day. Tip of the day. Now let's get into some die. Every week, we're going to review two episodes from the newest Dragon Quest, The Adventure of Die anime. We'll also get into other die related news, such as the Infinity Strash game, merchandise, and whatever else we find in the world of die. Episode 42, The Clash of Powerful Swords, is our first episode of the night. Hadlar reveals his superior being form and challenges die to a duel. The two face off and Hadlar surprises Dai with his great power, speed, and the sort of champions that has combined with his body. Hadlar tries to finish off Dai with an ultra-combustion slash that uses dark fire energy. That's scary stuff. Pop interferes and hurries off with Dai, flying with Levizum towards Papnika. Hadlar is about to catch up, though, and tries to finish the fight. Thankfully, Dai is able to pull out a mysterious, unseen attack to defend himself, but he gets hurled into a glacier from Hadlar's attack. Hadlar appears to be the winner, but falls into 
into the water from the damage that Dai's attack did to him. Miss Vern is sent to retrieve Hadlar, while Kilvern decides to try to pursue Pop. This is a fantastic episode involving the duel between Dai and Hadlar. The camera angles are dynamic and interesting, the close-ups you know, are about damn perfect, and the impacts between the two portray a real sense of power. There's no 3D model nonsense like we've seen before in other fights, which in this series usually looks a little clunky. Like, I'm, I got nothing against 3D model stuff. Like, I've watched shows that are nothing but and are great. The 3D model stuff in this show is kind of eh sometimes. But this time, every frame looks like it was drawn with a lot of care. I think they knew how important this fight was and didn't want to mess around at all. It showed Hadlar really coming into his own as a powerful fighter. I liked the concept that he tossed aside all of his pride and his darkling body to be able to take this form permanently. Everything about this fight was was just very cool. Even how Dai manages to throw his sword out of its sheath with his bum hand when he's kind of taken aback in the beginning and he just charges right into his dr- draconic aura hand and takes it out. So he does. I was a little frustrated that Dai ran out of power during the fight. I just don't like the mechanic of him running out so quickly. I, I always complain about it when it happens. Still, he thinks quickly and puts up a fair defense slash offense, so the outcome isn't humiliating or anything. It looks like Hadlar won their final clash at first, but it turns out to have been a tie, which is cool. And while Kilvern and Mistfern agreed not to fight Pop while Dai and Hadlar battled, they sure turn on poor Pop quickly after Dai and Hadlar go down. <laughs> Pop gives a scared look, and the episode ends, which is kind of a funny way to fade out. I like that the episode gives us a quick, complete battle between Dai and Hadlar, but I'm still looking forward to more epic fights to come. Yes, I mean, there's going to be a, a couple of fights in the, you know, towards the end that will go on for a little bit of time, but nothing is like uh, like Dragon Ball Z, where it just goes on for like 20 episodes. We, we won't have any that kind of nonsense like that. Not that I, I don't mind that either, but yeah, Dai is a little more you know, tight and concise with its fights. Yeah, compact is usually good, but um, sometimes you just want a little bit of a bigger scale, so if it goes on for two episodes, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand that. So next is episode 43, The Hero Lost in the Glacier. Pop desperately tries to fly away from the pursuit of Kilvern. When it seems like Kilvern might overtake Pop, Crocodine flies in with his Garuda to save Pop and evade Kilvern. Back at Popnika, a search party of Pop, Crocodine, and Chu sets out to find Dai after a little bit of recovery time. It's revealed that Dai was thrown into a glacier and that his sword was actually able to keep him warm enough to survive. I was being a big baby in the the beginning of this episode for nothing. He is Uh badly injured and unable to move. Hadlar reports to King Vern, hey Vern, for a possible execution. But King Vern is pleased with how Hadlar, or Hadlar, as King Vern says it, has changed in mind and body. He decides to gift Hadlar five Orichalcum chess pieces for Hadlar to turn into his personal guard using forbidden magic, such as he did with Flazard. Right on. Well, I like that even though Kilvern taunts Pop, our favorite mage boy makes the smart decision to flee the battle and seek help instead. Pop would have been doomed, though, if not for Crocodine's rescue. But more Crocodine is always good news, so I was happy to see him. Poor Pop cries his eyes out at the Beast King, but Crocodine comforts him like a good, scaly friend. Chu is predictably brash to Pop when he returns to Papnika, which plays as more insensitive than funny. You know, Chu, he can be good or bad, depending on how they're using him. It's fun that Hyunkle's words of comfort actually motivate Pop to get back into action and join the die rescue effort. This somehow leads to Pop accidentally pulling Marin the Sage's skirt off and getting slapped. But the anime cuts away instead of showing it, neutering the gag to some extent. I know that broke your heart, Pindy. Every time. Every time. I did. I did. I was curious to see how far they took it in the manga. And it's, they do actually show that 
that uh, it's like a like a typical 80s panty shot type of thing. So that's what they did in the manga. Yeah, and I mean, you still could have done that in a way that doesn't completely cut away, but is still more PG instead of PG-13, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, they went the wiener route this time. <laughs> On the villain side, it's nice to finally get the full view of Dark King Vern. His design is cool enough, but his English voice doesn't match him all that well, in my opinion. You know, Baron's voice grew on me a little bit. Baron? I mean, his voice is still also not great. It's probably even the same guy. So, not that great, but I don't think that Dark King Vern's voice is going to grow on me. It's just not that good. I guess I'm a little biased because I know the the King Vern! I know his voice from Inuyasha because he was uh, the voice of the big bad guy in Inuyasha. Uh, I can't remember. It's a big spider guy. Anyways, yeah, it's... uh, So, I like that voice actor. So, maybe that's why... I can see where... At first, I was like, it seemed a little off for like how old they show the character. Yeah. But, but you know, as the anime goes on, it kind of it will kind of make sense a little bit more, I think. But I, I, I get you how it's it might take a little bit of getting used to. But. You know, it wasn't revealed during the fight in the last episode, but in this episode, it's shown that Dai is able to produce his father Bronze gigabreak attack for the first time. It's basically what saved him. This is how the duel resulted in a draw, was him being able to, to draw out this attack. It was an interesting way to show how Dai still lives in the shadow of his father. And I liked seeing Leona take charge of the plan to attack the Dark Army. Her leadership skills are in full stride here, and it's great to see. Poor Zabora, I can't catch a break in this episode either when it comes to him feeling like he's getting respected like he should for what he's done. Not that I feel sorry for him. You know, screw him because, you know, he's such a horrible guy. Riku Sanjo, who created Dai's story in the manga, must really love chess. You know, they go deeper into the moves of chess than I would have expected in this episode. And and you can see the other members of the Dark Army playing chess in previous episodes as well. I have no complaints about it. I love a good game of chess. Just was unexpected. And Will these chess minions be any good as characters? I guess we will see soon. Can't wait. Some interesting final notes in the world of Die today. We've learned that France, of all places, will be getting the original 1991 Die anime series in their version of Paramount+. Plus. France was one of the countries outside of Japan that localized and aired it back then. Yeah, France actually seems to be one of the places where Die is the most popular. Yeah, outside of Japan. I mean, wouldn't it be great if they did that in English, too? I, I know they're as a fan sub and all, but an official localization and stream of the first series would be great. One can dream. Yeah, or at least the movies, since there's some original content in there that didn't get adapted into the new anime. Mm. Speaking of the new anime, if you've been dreaming of seeing the latest Die series for free, now's your chance. In recognition of Infinity Strash coming out later this month, the Toy YouTube channel is running the first 41 episodes of the Die anime for free in timed phases. It's in Japanese with English subtitles, and the first 41 episodes are what will be covered in the game, so they should make a fine introduction to Dragon Quest players who haven't dived into the show yet. If you want to know more about Infinity Strash, the console and PC game that's coming out worldwide on September 28th, check out the recently released gameplay overview trailer. It gives a quick overview of the action RPG battles, of course. The Bond memory system, where Bond memories are equipped to make your characters more powerful and also unlock scenes from the manga. The Temple of Recollection, a risk-reward, randomly generated 
create a dungeon where you can make your characters more powerful outside of the main story of the game. Challenge mode, a post-game mode where you can go back to previous levels and complete brand new difficult quests. And the scrapbook where you can collect Dai's memories. He likes to remember things. And please, someone give that hype man in the trailer a raise. He really brought a lot of energy to it. I loved it. He says manga wrong, but I do like the guy's proud European accent. Oh, I noticed that too. I'm wondering if that's like an accent thing or, or if you just screwed it up. <laughs> <laughs> I watched this again before recording this episode, and I also noticed that when they were showing the scrapbook, there were some mini medals in the picture. I'm guessing you think there will be some sort of mini metal exchange in the new game? Yes. I would be surprised if there wasn't after seeing that. Overall, the trailer got me even more hyped for the game. I'm very excited for it. And the Temple of Recollection sounds like a roguelite, so I'm definitely looking forward to trying it out. I love that kind of mechanic. Nice. At the end of the trailer, it reminded us of the pre-order bonus that's available. The Dragon Quest III hero outfit for Dai and the Heroes Tutor Bond Memory are pre-order bonuses. The game will have other Dragon Quest III and DQ4 outfits for sale as DLC. Infinity Trash will be available digitally for Steam, the PS4, PS5, Switch, Xbox Series S and X, and Windows PC. We're preparing some special podcast content for Infinity Trash, so stay tuned, listeners. That's all for this episode of Slime Time Tactfully Die. If you want to prepare for the next episode, be sure to watch episodes 45 and 46 of The Adventure of Die, subtitled on Crunchyroll or dubbed on Hulu, the library app Hoopla, Voodoo, or the Microsoft Store. It's also on the BBC iPlayer for our United Kingdom brethren. We're a non-profit podcast. We want ultra combustion slash your hard-earned gold when we can offer you quality content for free. But if you do have some extra gold that's just completely burning a hole in your wallet, pouch, bottomless bag, treasure chest, or searchable wall sack, and you would like to donate anything to a website that's been supporting Dragon Quest fans for over 25 years, stop by the Dragon's Den by clicking the link in the show notes. There are several ways to support the Den, including the affiliate links that don't cost you anything extra when making Dragon Quest or other purchases. We even have a Slime Time t-shirt you can buy designed by a resident artist, Wayne. See the link for it in the show notes. As part of the Slime Time Extended Universe, or STU, you can direct comments or questions for the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at DQ Slime Time. And you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash eastxtwitch. Come watch me play a variety of games every Saturday, kids. <laughs> Join in tons of Dragon Quest discussion at the Dragon's Den forums or Discord and the Dragon Questers, Infinity Strash, and Dragon Quest Tact Global Facebook groups. We'd like to thank everyone that made this podcast possible, including Pendy, Woodus, the Dragon's Den, and Arlene Sorkin, the best voice of Harley Quinn. We'll miss you, Dollface. Yeah, Dollface. Yeah, Mr. J, or I should say Mr. Paul. <laughs> Mr. P. Mr. P. Mr. Mr. East X Twitch. So please, please like, subscribe, and write it. No, I'm going to do that. Please like, subscribe, <laughs> and write a review for the podcast. You sounded even manlier than normal. <laughs> yeah. We'll catch you later, everybody. Don't hate. Appreciate. Time to zoom on out of here.
This is Gutrude for Slime Time, reminding you all that you must complete your adventure. <laughs>